This is the Nearside Low Podcast, brought to you by Missouri Water Polo. For all highlights, scores, and updates, please visit www.mowaterpolo.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at Nearside Low, or Instagram at Nearside Low underscore podcast. And here we are, Nearside Low Podcast, the summer edition. We are back. Welcome, Ryan. Good to hear you, Coach. Good. Glad to have you. Ray is uh, hes going to start a busy week here, so we thought we'd get something recorded because we had uh, two teams just return from uh, the Junior Olympic Tournament in Southern California, and we thought, hey, what better way to have a podcast than to talk about Junior Olympics? So uh, we want to rewind a little bit into the early parts of the summer because in order to go to Junior Olympics in Southern California, you had to qualify a team, and that all took place at the great Indiana University um, so without further ado, uh, I'm going to let Ray chat a little bit about the format up there, um, and I'll throw in my two cents about how the tournament went, et cetera, and then we will move on. Hit it, Ray. For the first time this year, uh, the GEO qualifiers were held at Indiana University with the idea being that it would be a central place in our zone that uh, we could go every year uh, for the qualifier. So uh, this year we had two teams, Jungle Cat Water Polo and Gateway Water Polo, going to qualify for the boys 18-under uh, tournament. So uh, the way it works is uh, allocated a certain number of uh, spots. So there were four spots for the championship division, which is the top division. There are four spots for the classic division, uh, which is the middle division. And then I think there was one one or two spots for the invitational. So uh, depending on how uh, you did at the qualifier, you were given one of those spots. You were If you were able to do well enough. Then we're able to book your travel out to California. So uh, Gateway and Jungle Cat both qualified, which was very exciting, um, starting their trek out to California. Right. So. Just so people know, it was it was a big-time tournament. Uh, my understanding, I actually talked to uh, Miguel Figueres, who um, is kind of big in USA Water Polo and helped set this thing up. And Ray had mentioned they wanted to try and make this kind of a, a uh, center location because um, it used to rotate Michigan, Chicago, and on occasion St. Louis. Um, and in our upcoming interviews with Coach Butler and Coach Hayes, I think they mentioned it was about a four-hour drive to Indiana, which as someone who went up there to coach, I, I was actually okay with um, compared to a five-hour <laughs> five drive to Chicago or an eight-hour drive to Michigan. But it was it was the 18s boys and girls. It was 16s boys and girls. I think it was 14s. Uh, boys and girls so there were a lot of teams up there uh, participating at one event which was great um, it sounded like the Indiana Chamber of Commerce had had taken care of paying for the pool um, just because I mean there had to be hundreds of kids up there with their parents and stuff so um, all in all there was some stuff we wanted to tweak I think uh, Coach Butler and Coach Hayes mentioned some of that stuff in our interview with them but um, all in all I was satisfied with it and um, if they if they had it there next year I would I would be okay with going um, Ray you want to add anything to that I know you weren't there but yeah, I wasn't there, but uh, yeah, I just want to sh- throw a shout out to uh, Miguel Figueres again. Uh, hopefully, it's something we're going to be able to do year after year. And I, I know, I mean, last year we had Ohio teams driving to St. Louis. I remember a few years back when we were leaving seven in the morning from Dogtown to ugh. try and make it up Dogtown. to Michigan by St. James by Crater, baby. Three, yeah, right. <laughs> by three p.m. So uh, I, I think it'll be great if we can keep doing this year after year. And I know USA Water Polo is interested in trying to make it a bigger event. So great to hear that it went well for this uh, first year. Right. And so uh, Ray had mentioned we had two teams that qualified at the 18 and under division, and that was uh, Jungle Cat Water Polo and that was Gateway Water Polo. In the end, after you qualify, you got to book your plane tickets. And uh, we were headed out to Southern California, 
um, I got to go, which was pretty exciting. Um, I got to be the assistant to Coach Hayes. Um, some of you might not know Michael Hayes, but Coach Hayes is a referee in the area. He played at SLU in the early to mid-90s um, and participated a little bit in Clayton for, um, for some time there, but um, I think focuses on refing. Um, and then we all know Coach Butler, um, who coaches Gateway and is obviously a teacher and coach at uh, Lindbergh High School. Um, so those were the two guys that were kind of the head coaches of the groups headed out, and they were assisted by, and we'll mention this plenty of times, uh, Coach Hayes was assisted by myself, and then Coach Adam Ward, whose son plays for South. Um, Coach Adam uh, played at Burroughs back in the day and uh, has been helping out with uh, Parkway South for a little bit the past couple of years because his son is involved. And then obviously Coach Butler had his right-hand man, uh, who I taught everything to, Mitch, right? Uh, Mitch Griffin, um, who uh, helped out with Gateway this summer. So those two um, traveled together out to California. Um, and so we thought it would be a great idea uh, to bring those two guys on to talk about their experience in Indiana um, and talk about their experience in California, as we always feel like, even though we only have about five or ten listeners, Ray, um, those listeners are always curious how the clubs did out there. Um, so that's who we decided we would interview, and they'll obviously be on next. Ray, do you want to talk about anything before we bring them on? Uh, no, I'll just add it's been a great summer water polo in St. Louis, uh, ending with the uh, Junior Olympics. But we had a great clay men's tournament in July with teams from uh, Chicago, Virginia, um, Columbus coming in. So it was a great tournament this year. It's been great to see high school water polo have been going well uh, this summer as well. So uh, let's keep the momentum going forward. I know a lot of people are going to be swimming this fall. As I said, let's let's keep it moving forward, and I uh, hope you'll enjoy hearing about uh, the two great trips out to California to Junior Olympics. All right, and for our first time in our podcast history, we actually tried to do a, a four-way phone call. So Ray was on, I was on, Coach Hayes was on, and Coach Butler was on all at the same time. So the audio was a little bit glitchy. Um, I did my best to polish it up. So um, I apologize for those of you that uh, you know don't like to hear scratchy stuff, but um, we did our best, and we hope that you enjoy the interview. So without further ado, we've got Coach Butler and Coach Hayes with the J.O. interview. All right, Nearside Low Podcast, folks. We knew that you were uh, desperate for uh, some Nearside Low Podcast, so we brought in two of our uh, favorite guys, uh, Coach Michael Hayes uh, and Coach Andy Butler, uh, for our summer episode, probably the only episode of the summer, um, which is okay, but we wanted to give you guys a little something. So without further ado, we are here to talk Junior Olympic qualifier and Junior Olympics. So without further ado, Ray, take it away. I uh, just wanted to get uh, your take on the qualifier this year, how, how it worked out, um, your thoughts on having everything in Indiana. So, uh, Coach Hayes, you want to start? Thoughts? Sure. It worked out uh, really well for us. The the trip was made. Um, Indiana University, is uh, they have got a really nice campus there. Uh, Bloomington is a, a nice little town. I had never been there before. Um, and so the downtime uh, was nice. I mean, there was stuff to do, but – uh, it was very easy to get around. Uh, our hotel uh, was affordable and was very close to the pool. So logistically, it was very good. And, and my understanding is, you know, this this location was central to uh, St. Louis, Chicago, Ohio, Michigan. So uh, the idea being that that no uh, no region had to travel uh, more than, I guess, maybe four or five hours uh, to get there. Uh, all the games were at the same pool, a beautiful, beautiful uh, natatorium. I, I don't recall the name of it on campus. So the facilities were outstanding. 
Uh, again, centrally located, easy to get to for everybody. I thought it was managed well. The, uh, the <laughs> they were a little bit uptight about a few things, uh, like when guys got bloody noses or took a, you know, took a shot to the head. Um, they were, they were very cautious in their concussion protocol, uh, which, which threw some teams for a loop in the very beginning. But overall, very good experience. Um, you know, managed well overall. I think I think USA Water Polo in the Midwest Zone deserve a lot of credit for coordinating it, and uh, and I hope they go back to it. All right, Coach Butler. Yeah, I mean, for me, the 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 ride was. I mean, four hour drive. I'll take that over driving to Chicago and definitely. Hey, man. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> it was an easy easy drive. The USA Water Polo did a great job of setting up. We used one of the hotels that they had booked. They, they were cheap but good the hotel rooms with breakfast and everything for the kids. Uh, my my only complaint was three games in one facility at one time was a lot. So there was a team playing in the dive well, which the kids the water was really warm in that dive well, and they were they were getting overheated real fast and just a lot of whistles. So what the only thing I would like to see tweaked is that there has to be another hopefully like decent facility that's close that we could have one set of games running at. And they would rotate. I don't mind going and playing in another facility myself. I don't like put all the, you know, 16 U games in one facility and all the other ones. I liked having everyone in one place, but it was just it, sometimes the whistles were a little bit much. And I think for a quality, only having refs on one side of the pool, um, on almost all the pools, that for a qualifier, teams, if they're not going to, you know, possibly qualify that, I think they need to have refs on both sides of the pool and have a little bit better fit up for especially some of the higher level games. Yeah, I agree with that. The whistle, the conflicting whistles were sometimes a challenge. Cool that uh, we had both Jungle Cats and uh, Gateway qualified. Both of you guys headed out to California. Uh, let's start with you, Coach Butler. Can you talk a little bit about Gateway, just uh, your team makeup, uh, some of the schools represented, and uh, your journey out to California? Yeah, sure. So, um, I mean, most people know we, we just, Gateway just started in, in the winter. So it being kind of a, a new club, but, you know, kind of was made out of what we were at, at when we had the old Flyers Club and stuff like that. So we were pretty Limburg heavy out of our – we had 15 kids, and we had eight Limburg kids. Uh, two of them were – I just graduated playing at Lindenwood next year, uh, and then six of my incoming seniors. Uh, and then we had two uh, awesome Parkway West Longhorns uh, on, the, on the team, and uh, we had two kids from Lafayette. Uh, we had an Oakville kid. We had a Parkway Central kid and a Kirk kid. So it was a nice mix of kids from different schools uh, around the area that made the team. And, and most of them were, are going to be seniors. Although we had a couple that were uh, that are only going to be juniors, uh, Tanner Witz, Kirk, but in Appawan Central. Uh, and then we had myself, obviously, coaching it, and Mitch Griffin, a Parkway West graduate, uh, and then Tillo. Uh, who's Alex Abwan's dad and coaches for Slap. When Alex jumped on board with us when Slap couldn't feel the team, we kind of just getting John to kind of help uh, coach some afternoon practice and help out. So we had a good coaching staff out with them. All right, so Jungle Cat Water Polo, we took uh, a team out with 13 players from five different schools. We had uh, five kids from SLU High, including one, one graduated player uh, and four returning seniors. And then we had three players, all returning seniors, uh, to uh, Parkway West. 
We had uh, one uh, returning senior to Parkway South, one returning senior to MICDS, uh, and we had, let's see, two returning seniors at Kirkwood, and then we had one graduate of Rockwood Summit. Uh, and uh, it was a good group. Uh, we had some new guys who hadn't played with this group before, uh, but a number of guys who have played together for a few years running now. You know, they got along really well, which was which was fun to see. And probably, I mean, that's almost the most important part of the trips to make sure the guys get along. Um, they play well together. So that was a mix of kids. Um, of course, I, I was coaching. I'm, I'm an official. Most people know me as an official in the area during the high school season. And uh, one of our hosts, of course, Coach Cattell, uh, was also uh, on the coaching staff as well as Coach uh, Adam Ward, uh, who had his son on the team. So really enjoyed the entire group. Relied at times heavily on uh, Coach Catelli, his uh, his experience uh, as a coach, uh, and you know guys always respond to him really well. We had a good time, good trip. All right, so now we want to get into the hard hitting questions. Butler, how many times did you guys go to In and Out? We were we were two, a very uh, right when we landed, and right before we left. Right. So that was that was my my goal. My deal for them was we, we don't have a game for a while right when we land. So we went right from the airport. We literally went right to In-N-Out Burger. And then after our last game, we went to In-N-Out Burger again right before we went to the airport. And what, what does Coach Butler get at In-N-Out? I'm just a double with fries. You don't, I, no, uh, no animal style, huh? No, I don't. I don't like all that. Yeah, that, all that so, actually, I don't like the sauce. Like I'm kind of weird like that. Right. So I just get I, I get no sauce on my burger and just some regular fries. All right. Good to go. Coach Hayes? I think I was at In-N-Out twice, but I think uh, you were at In-N-Out. I, I, I was at In-N-Out once, but I think you were in, at In-N-Out twice, Probably if twice, I'm not yes. mistaken. Yes. yes. Yeah. I, we went, the whole the, the whole team uh, stopped. Again, that was our first stop off the plane on, on the way to the hotel. Uh, I did go with the uh, double uh, animal-style burger and animal-style fries. Uh, <laughs> and it was worth it. It was worth it. But uh, but I didn't go back to that trough uh, a second time while on the trip. Uh, I had my fill. I had my fill on that first day. Intermittent uh, fasting, right, Hayes? Intermittent fasting. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Although um, it wasn't as uh, intermittent as, as right. sometimes right. I get to be. All right, good. So we got our in and out fix. So let's talk about uh, Coach Butler. You guys were in the championship bracket. Is that correct? That is correct. All right, and I know that your record was not exactly what you guys necessarily had wanted, but just talk about the games you had out there. Were there any things that were kind of eye-opening for you? Um, obviously, your first game, I think you probably played one of the top seeds in the tournament over, over all the different groups. So what did you notice about that, and, and the kids have a good experience? Yeah, so we, we, we got out there. We had a 9 o'clock game, which is awesome. Like I know in the past you've had 7, 8 o'clock, 7 o'clock games first day. So we had a nine o'clock game. I was like, all right, sweet, but we're going to get there at eight o'clock because Stanford A was playing the game right before us at Foothill High School. So I made them get up and get out there and we watched Stanford A. Um, and they were very good. I, I believe they won the whole thing, I think. Um, so we got to see that team right away. And then, um, and then we played San Jose and I think they ended up 10th. They were ranked seventh. They ended up 10th, but, um, for us, you know, you go into that first game, and I kind of say, you know, from the Midwest, you're, you're, it's your, uh, it's a rough game for you. The first game out of the AOs, no matter what debate, whether you're in championship or you're in classic, it's a, it's a California team, and they're very, very good. So they're just, I mean, they're just fluid. Like the, the ball movement that they had, 
They, you know, we think we're in good defensive position, and then the next thing you know, they're behind us and they're scoring goals. Uh, and it's, it's a lot of leaving your goalies out, out to dry, uh, in those games because they're just so, they're so solid. They're so, everyone knows where each other is in the pool. Everyone's fast. I mean, they don't drop, you know, we tend to drop passes on six on five. They don't. The, the ball is, is from position to position and everything that you want as a coach. You, you, as a coach, you sit back and yeah, you know, they, they beat us by a lot, but it was like, man, that's, that's fun to watch. They're a good team. Um, that was our first game. And then we came back actually and we played the Miami Riptides and we went down like seven to two and the final score was nine, seven. We, in the second half, we really came back and that's a team that a couple teams that we beat at the qualifier and ended up beating that team. That was a really winnable game that we dropped the second game. And then the third game, we played the Orlando Thunder, and, and we were we were winning with a minute to go in the first half, and then we ended up losing by a lot. Um, and so we had a little rough go there at the end. But, you know, we, we at the end, we lost to, you know, two, two teams from California, uh, two teams from Texas, um, a team from uh, Arizona, uh, which was actually, I, I kind of going in thinking like, oh, we're going to be able to beat this team from Arizona. And they had some good shooters and we went with a drop defense and that was a bad idea because uh, they were lighting us up from the outside. Uh, and so luckily we, we were able to pull out a, pull out at least one win. Uh, so, you know, we, we finished with, with, with one win in, in seven games, but, uh, you know, Coach, playing the but, championship. But in the end, did, did your kids get better over the week? Oh, absolutely. Yes, good. Every every single one of them, from the kids that are, like I said, the two of them that are going off to college to excited about, for not only my, being obviously my Limber guys being the Limber coach, but um, a lot of the other guys too. I mean, a lot of the, the kids from other schools and stuff like that, like the growth that you see and the understanding that they get over time out there is going to, is going to pay off big for their high school. Now, I want, I want our listeners, listeners to know that no matter what coach Butler says, you know, about his team, high school team for next year, he had eight kids go to California that are returning. So I have a strange feeling they're going to be pretty good. <laughs> All right. Well, they got a lot of work to do. Before All, that, right. So we'll see. All right. Uh, Coach Hayes, talk to us about you guys were in the Classic, which is just so everybody knows, we've got the championship, we've got the Classic, and then Ray, what's the third division? I can't remember. Invitational. The invitational. And so – uh, depending on how you finished in Indiana, determined where you played. So the championship was the highest division. The classic was the middle division, and that's where Jungle Cat Water Polo was. Uh, and Coach Hayes, we ended up three and four. You want to touch on some of those games and what you noticed while we were out there? So we finished six out of 11 teams uh, at the qualifier in Indiana. And the top, I believe it was the top four, ended up in the championship division, which might be a little more than the, the Midwest deserves at this point in time. Um, and so the, the classic division that we were in, it, it, it is a significant step down from the championship division where Coach Butler uh, took, had his team playing. And so we did a little bit better being in a lower division. Uh, our overall record officially was three and four. Uh, however, one of those losses, uh, we did tie in regulation and then lost uh, seven and six. Uh, in a shootout situation. So, you know, that feels like more of a tie, even though officially it is a loss. Uh, we started out 758 uh, against a team called Arroyo Grande Black, Black, and they were the ninth seed in the uh, championship division, excuse me, in the classic division. And, and we expected a challenge, but we also thought uh, we can compete with this team. And 
in the first half, um, you know, we, we had to learn a few lessons uh, kind of quickly, and, and they got off to a fast start and, and took control of the game in the first half. Things were not looking too good, uh, but hung in there pretty well. And uh, uh, at some point in the fourth quarter, we had, we had clawed back to a one-goal game, and I don't remember if it was 9-8 to eight or 10-9. to nine. It, was, it was somewhere like that. Uh, and then uh, and then they pulled away uh, in the final minutes. They kind of put the clamps down. But, um, you know, it was a good team, but 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 we hung in there and played hard and competed, uh, at you know, at times at a high level. Uh, the second game that day uh, was against a team out of Oregon, Willamette. And had uh, really one great uh, left-handed two-meter, uh, really big, strong kid, um, who you know would be a lot for, for any two meter defender to handle, and again we had to learn some lessons in the first half about uh, how to how to uh, deal with him, uh, and we went down again, and, and again in the second half we were uh, playing from behind, uh, and, uh, and and that was you know we we really played hard and played well in the second half, tried to get him take it to the shootout, and then we just fell short uh, in the shootout. Um, you know, at seven to six again, uh, it was six to six. All the goals had been scored, and then we had a bar out, and uh, and that was it. Kind of a tough way to lose a game. Next morning, we played a Houston team. Uh, I believe they're called Dynamo. I don't know if you remember Charlie their name, but uh, if I'm not mistaken, they were Houston Dynamo. Uh, but I, I could be wrong about that. And it was a game we should we you know we were the superior team. I think from beginning to end, uh, a blowout, but we definitely were in control of that game, and and we played well. It was, it was the outcome that that should have been uh, final score of twelve to four, uh, and just a few hours later, we played a a team called Triton out of uh, that area, the Orange County area, and again, we just kind of found ourselves uh, a fast team, and we were just a little slow, a little sluggish, and a little reactive. Times and a game where we actually went up, uh, we ended up yeah, kind of collapsing in the second half. That was that was a tough game for us. Uh, so we lost to that team. And then the next day we won two games. Uh, we won one game against um, another California team, actually the B team from Arroyo Grande. And then we also uh, beat a Chicago team, Northwest Chicago, um, later that day. So the next day we played Navy. That was our last game, our seventh game of the weekend. And we kind of, uh, you know, we kind of laid an egg in that game. Uh, guys weren't quite ready to play, uh, tired from a long week perhaps, but but definitely uh, played before below their, uh, you know, uh, their potential and their ability. And so that was a frustra- frustrating way to end it. But, um, you know, our our victory, our biggest march of victory was before. Our worst defeat was 15 to 10. Uh, and every other game was within those margins. So we got seven competitive games against quality teams. Uh, and so I think that was a great experience for our guys uh, as individuals and as a team. We got guys from five different schools who can take that experience back to their schools and, and help some of their teammates and teams become better. So from the competitive perspective, uh, definitely a successful trip for us. So we've we've all been on a number of trips out to California now with the various JO teams, and there's always a story or two that stands out and sets each trip. Uh, Coach Butler, any anything that stands out or fun, yeah. fun story to share? 
I do. I, I, first off, I just think to have a group of kids that some of them played together, some didn't, I, I feel like Coach Hayes had a, kind of the same experience. Like, to see them come together, win or lose, like, and just have fun like they did, like, that was awesome. Like, they brought in, you know, kids that hadn't always played for our club before into the group and just, and they were all very, very tight net, which was, which was fun to see. But my, specifically, I drove a van and I had Coach Mitch and I had five kids in it. And I told them that they, I don't know why I did this, but I told them they could pick the music all week. Like, you, you're, this isn't a high school trip, this is a club trip. So you play whatever you want and I'm, I'm just your driver. And I was um, very educated by the. Oh, the, baby. The, that, was, that was, that was played. So this would be for my, my DJs most of the week were Mason Rega from uh, Lafayette and Tanner Whitson from Kirkwood. And so our, my new favorite song is um, Quit Snitching. Um, and yeah, Quit Snitching. And they played the censored version for me. And the only word that you can understand in, the, in that one is snitching. <laughs> Coach, I, I'll tell you what, I asked my van, I said, guys, I said, in like 20 years when you have kids, I said, if you have a three-year-old strapped in the back seat, I was like, is this the stuff you're going to be playing? And so from, from then on, I had a rule in the car when I wanted my music. I was like, all right, play us, play songs that you'd play when you have kids in the car. And so they'd be like, all right, coach. So we, <laughs> but it was, I agree. It was, that was wild. My eight-year-old son and my wife were out there with us and they had their own car and they were doing their own thing. But a couple of times I kind of said, Hey, they're going to ride with us. And so my son, and he just, he idolizes all those kids. Like he just loves them to death. And so he gets in the car and I look at him, I go, you got to play appropriate music. And they just, they were just lost. Like they didn't know what to play <laughs> with the kid in the car. Coach Hayes, you got anything? Well, Coach Catelli, your band sounded kind of boring. Hey, are oh, you muted you're... right now? There you go. All right. My van was not boring. <laughs> <laughs> well, the music must have been terrible if you were choosing it. I mean, these kids, their music, I just found their taste was impeccable. All, all the good stuff, all instant classics. No, I, I'm being facetious. It was at times uh, insufferable, uh, the music that they choose. Uh, these kids have had a good time, and they had fun. They had fun at the beach. We went to Huntington Beach one day. That was a lot of fun. You know, although, you know, from our perspective, we just kind of, you know, see these guys, you know, wandering around in a, in a sort of a sort of a pack or sort of a herd, uh, just bouncing from one spot to the other. Uh, it's just kind of fun to watch them explore a new place. Uh, and, you know, and, and we're, we're going to have a lot of laughs uh, remembering uh, dealing with these kids. Hey, is I got to I mean, we, you were talking about hunting the beach. We were walking on the pier. We saw a guy jump off the pier at the very end. And so then the Coast Guard, not the Coast Guard, but the, the lifeguards drove their boat over and pulled him out of the water. We thought he was going to get arrested. And then for those of you that don't know, I have not been to California since maybe 2015. And we were at, you know, we call it Speaker Circle at Huntington Beach. The same guy who takes a nail and, and, and hammers it into his nose was there working the crowd, asking for money. So um, for those of you that haven't been out there in a couple of years, he's still alive and he's still hammering a nail up his nostril. So... Uh, check it out. That's all I got to say. That was good stuff. Um, was there anything from watching the polo out there or from your your boys playing out there that uh, you, you noticed or that you pointed out to them would be good to do in St. Louis? Yeah, I, I mean, splash ball. We got we to get kids play, got to compete and get kids playing earlier, uh, not wait until high. You know, we have some kids that will start when they're 13, 14, but – like we need to get them now. Like I at at the uh, one of the at the you know Jo Expo site, I bought my son like one of the little splash balls. He's eight, 
And literally we've been out in Florida. All we do every day is play catch with that splash ball. And I just got working them. And I'm like, I'm going to get a bunch of your friends <laughs> and we're going to get you guys playing splash ball next we'll year. Pack. We'll pack. <laughs> there we go. He's a Parkway South kid. You know, I live in <laughs> South Michigan. Dynasty coming again. Well, uh, I'll guarantee you McGinnis <laughs> will still be there. <laughs> uh, but I mean, that, I mean, in just time, like, and we practice, you know, for Gateway, we practice four days a week for two hours in the morning. And then two days we come back and do another two hours in the afternoon. But like, and, and the kids think that's a lot. And it's really not like comparatively to doing four hour trainings twice in a day. And, you know, like we just we need more, more pools, more time and get kids playing earlier and get them hooked. Cause once they do it, I mean, like I said, my son did the, the clinic with Janai and he didn't even want to do it. And then he got in there, he was throwing that ball around and he just screamed, I love this. I love this. I want to play water polo every day. I'm like, yes. <laughs> like we can get them. We just got to get something more organized and get them going earlier before they get playing soccer year round or baseball. You know, we, we so we can get those kids, but in order for us really to, to grow it, we got to get them early and, and then we'll keep them as they get older. So that's where I'm at with it. All right. Coach Hayes. Well, I mean, I completely agree with coach Butler. Uh, the kids out in California, they've sim- simply been playing, uh, from a younger age, uh, they're learning egg beater very young. And so by the time, you know, they're ninth graders, uh, their legs are, you know, it's second nature to them uh, to be egg beating and, and playing water polo. Whereas, you know, our guys, most kids in the St. Louis area, their first exposure to water polo is spring of their freshman year in high school in ninth grade. Uh, and so they're, they're learning something that's just completely new, completely different. Uh, when it comes to, for example, the egg beater kick. Uh, and so if we can, if we can get, uh, kids trained even on some of those fundamentals, uh, at an earlier level, then, uh, you know, when they start learning the more, uh, advanced, uh, aspects of the game, uh, you know, their egg beaters there and, and, and their swimming ability and their, uh, their agility and mobility in the water, uh, is, has already come along. Uh, you know, that's what we have over us in California. It's just, it's an aquatic culture. These kids are in the pool uh, and in the ocean at a young age, uh, in the water all the time. Uh, they just have a better feel for the water. So if we get, get our kids in when they're, you know, middle school age, if we get them in at age 10, 11, 12, it's like, it's like those kids I used to see at the uh, Lingate community pool. Uh, at a young age, uh, passing with their older brother, uh, learning egg beating. And when those guys got to high school, they were already uh, with skills, and they became uh, good high school players. I think you know uh, who I'm talking about. Yeah, I love their shout-out, Coach. We had, a, we had a pretty good lifeguard that uh, was watching over the crying camps at Lingate Pool. <laughs> I think that kind of wraps it up, Ray. You don't have anything else you want to say? I do not. No, it's just, uh, great great to hear. Uh, another two two teams made out to JOs this year. I mean, every every we've talked about it every year, but everybody who gets a chance to go out to JOs gets better. Uh, I'm sure all those boys that were out there with those two teams will be leading their high school teams next spring. So um, thanks again for all your work and making it happen. Yeah, big thanks to Coach Butler and Coach Hayes for coming on. And I know, uh, Coach Butler, Mitch was out there with you. You already mentioned him, and, and I'm sure you had a pretty uh, pretty good parent contingent. So thanks to all those folks that went out to support Gateway. And then Coach Hayes, obviously we had Coach Ward uh, with us, and uh, we had a pretty good contingent of parents also. So um, a big shout-out to all those people that came out to support us. And, and we hope that uh, it continues to be uh, something that people do in the future. 
Um, so without further ado, this is the Nearside Low Podcast. This is Charlie. This is Ray. Hey, this is Coach Butler from Florida. Yeah, this is Coach Hayes. And we are signing off, baby. Yeah.